Hey, welcome to The Abundant Artist, a podcast for creatives looking to create more abundance in their lives, more happiness, more results, more money. I'm Whitney Uland. I'm an actor, writer, and certified life coach, and I'm going to show you exactly how to start feeling better and how to go after your creative ambitions. Hello, wonderful artists. I hope that you are having an amazing day whenever you are listening to this. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite things that most artists literally like when I when I I'm sure when you read the like title for this networking for artists I feel like most artists literally get like hives when they think of this I feel like I have been in so many situations with all different kinds of artists who are you know friends and just the way that people respond to networking is so funny to me like some of my most talented and successful friends literally will like run and hide and like cry at the idea of networking. And so the two problems, what I like see the most commonly with artists is one of two things. So you either like hate networking and you avoid it like the plague because you're afraid of being salesy or graspy or like too much. And you don't want to seem like one of those, you don't want to seem like a fan. So then you just are like, oh, I'm just not going to do like, I'm just not going to engage with this at all. Or you're like, I know that I have to do this and this is how I'm going to get my job and this is how I'm going to like make money and these are the steps. And so then you get like really weird and like graspy and salesy and you do come across like a used car salesman. And so I feel like most artists don't actually know how to network in a way that's like helpful, but also like healthy and fun. And so I want to dispel a bunch of the rumors around this. And I just want to share like two times I did a really solid job at networking so that y'all know that I know my shit when I talk about this. So the first one, and this one is like a little bit more intentional. The second was like less, like more unintentional or more like organic, I guess you could say. So the first one, there is a casting director. Her name is Erica Hart. She's an incredible casting director. And she is, when I first moved to the city, she was working at ABC's office. And I just really like genuinely loved her work and loved the show she was casting on. And so I signed up for a networking event specifically with her. And that was when I first moved to the city. And again, and y'all know my goal was, I was like, I'm going to be the lead on an ABC show. So I like met this woman and I was like one of the first people I met when I moved to the city. And so from that place, I really brought my A-game to the work. And from there, they asked me, her and Marcy Phillips asked me to come and become a reader for ABC. So I had a lot of experience just, and it's literally all, it's volunteering your time and just, and, and they don't like have, they don't really, I don't know how it works, but they literally email you the night before and they're like, Hey, can you come tomorrow? And it kind of just, it's like, you have to kind of like drop your schedule and show up and like read. And sometimes it would be for like network sessions, which was really cool because I got to see behind the scenes. And that was something that again, like, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I would guess that was like, they brought me to network sessions. And also I went to a table read for a show once and they like drove me out to New Jersey to go to this table read for a show. I, I think it was The Departed. I don't actually remember now. It was a few years ago, but I'm guessing that that happened because again, I kept bringing good work. So when I first started, they would bring me in for sessions that were like, it was a day where they were seeing like eight different characters or potentially like eight characters from four different shows. And so I'd have to read a bunch of scripts overnight and come and be able to be a good reader for these, for actors who were auditioning for series regs. And this was like the most fun thing. <laughs> like I'm guessing in New York, I'm guessing in LA, if you're doing that, you're seeing like TV stars and like movie stars. But in New York, I was seeing like Broadway stars and like Tony winners who are like getting into television. And that was like, that was like really where I geeked out. So anyway, this is becoming a little bit of a tangent, but my point is that I did this really like 
not methodically because I couldn't have anticipated that, but a lot, but it was very like, I signed up for a networking event. I did good work. I followed up or like, I think they reached out because they don't take submissions. I don't remember exactly. Please don't ask me how to become a reader for them. I do actually remember that I met them in the class and they invited me specifically. So please don't ask me to make an introduction or anything like that. So they brought me in and I was, I was a reader for them. And that went on, like, I want to say for a couple years. And again, kind of like gradually increased to first I was like reading for just for them. And then it was like testing sessions. And then it was like on set. So gradually I was like going to more and more things and meeting more people that I'm guessing was because I was doing good work. And then eventually they started bringing me in for small roles and then for larger roles. And, you know, all of that just kind of snowballed. And so I I developed this relationship. And then Erica ended up leaving ABC and I'm blanking right now, pregnancy brain, no one come at me for where she's at right now, but she ended up moving offices and would bring me in still for different roles. And so she brought me in for this show. I'm blanking on what it was, what it is right now, but it was something that, oh my gosh, what is the, y'all are going to come at me. The guy who does, who literally runs SNL, pregnancy brain, please forgive me. I literally also saw him once at like we were at Mean Girls at the same night because he's friends with Tina Fey and my friends were in the cast and we were backstage. Anyway, I'm blanking y'all, Lauren Michaels. So she was doing a Lauren Michaels show and I, and this was after my agent dropped me, she started reaching out to me directly. Like, I think I just sent her an email and was like, hey, by the way, I don't have agents. So like if anything comes your way that you think of, like, please send it my way. And she did. She sent me so many auditions and like totally had my back. And every time, again, I brought my A-game. And for this Lauren Michael show, it was a sketch show. So there were times that she's like, hey, can you do these four characters? And also like, by the way, it's due tomorrow because that's just how television works. And I did. I like really brought it every single time. And so then eventually what happened was that this has become like a way longer story than I expected it to be. But she ended up reaching out to me about this character in Love Life. And it was at the time she was like, there are no, there are no lines for this. I don't know if you're interested. It's a character that like, I think you'd be good at. So she's like, if you're interested, send me like, send me your reel and I'll, I'll forward it along. So she ended up forwarding it. And then I ended up just getting an offer without having to audition because again, this character didn't have lines. Okay, great. So this becomes, again, this like seven year (laughs) journey of like from when I first met someone and just bringing good work over and over and over and over again and then getting an offer. So then I I read the script, I dissect it, all of these things. And I was like, you know, what would be really funny is this joke. And I wrote this joke and I was like, in case they happen to ask me to improvise, this is what I'm going to say. And it's this joke that, so my character was a quote unquote problematic influencer. And so I wrote this joke about how if she was a, an influencer who wore a racist costume to a party and she's just like kind of babbling about that. So I decided that's what I was going to do. And so we get to set and again, don't have any lines. And I ended up and there and and we get there and they're like, yeah, you're just kind of wandering around. But why don't you just kind of like like ad lib like we're not going to use it, but just so that you don't just you're not just walking around. So I'm like, okay, perfect. So I start telling my joke that I wrote (laughs) ahead of time. And I listed out like again, did the work, listed out like 10 different iterations of it and how and like all this backstory, all of these things. Well, it cracked them up. 
right? So they suddenly, like, literally everyone is laughing. As soon, like, every time they cut, they're like, you're so funny. And, like, the sweet, like, William Jackson Harper, like, in between, he's, like, asking me about my comedy background and just, like, and we end up talking about writing. Like, so, so kind. And they end up being like, let's put a mic on her. We want to get that. We think that's funnier than what we had in mind. So they end up, and, and by the way, y'all can go on watch this Love Life episode 201. You can't really hear what I'm saying, but they ended up lifting that joke and putting it earlier in the episode. So early in the episode, there's a part where my character is texting William Jackson Harper, and you don't see me, but you see like the, the text or whatever. And if you read it, it's about this racist Halloween costume. So anyway, all this to say, I do this. It's a great, a great day. And then we're wrapping up, we finish, and they ended up shooting a close-up on me, which again, they didn't end up using, but they had never planned on miking me. They had never planned on using my lines. They didn't plan on having that joke. And yet I just kept bringing things and making my time there valuable. Okay, so then I go off stage, we're like resetting and they come back and they're like, hey, we wanna bring you back for another episode. Okay, so now this has turned into a second episode. And so anyway, all of this to say, it ended up being so fun. I ended up what turned what started as like non-speaking role that I didn't even audition for turned into a recurring role. And I had, and and then because of that, like because I had done well on set, the, the creative team reached out to me online afterward, thanking me for my work. Like they sent like literally on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So now the team has connected with me and I've just turned this one connection with Erica, who's like so kind and generous. Now I've like amplified that into like six new connections, right? And we've stayed in touch in terms of like just how you do on Instagram. Now, all of this to say, this all started with me bringing value, right? And when I say value, what I mean is making myself useful. So in every situation, I think what happens a lot of the time is like, and we're going to get to this, like what the solution to all of this is, but Ultimately, what happens is is we focus too much on what we're trying to get instead of what we can give and how we can make ourselves useful. So again, that was the longest winded story, but I hope y'all found that entertaining. So the second story that I want to share is how I, I mentioned to y'all that I wrote on, I was a contributing writer on The Hating Game. Now, the way that this happened, I went to a party. I literally was invited to a random party and we get there and I heard there was going to be dancing. So I wore my dancing shoes and I get there and I'm dancing, dancing, dancing. And me and my writing partner, Nora, we're dancing, dancing, dancing. No one else at this party is really dancing, right? Everyone's like hugging the walls and like eating their dessert and like drinking their drinks and whatever. And I am like, we are like, like ripping it up on the dance floor, having so much fun. Well, the owner of the, or the, the host throwing this party comes he dances. We're like literally dancing to Spice Girls. He's like the nicest person ever. We connect after. And I literally just send a thank you. Like it was so lovely to meet you. Thank you for hosting. I had actually been invited to the party through another guest. So I just was like, it was so lovely to meet you. You know, whatever. We ended up talking just a little bit and that was it. Okay. Now, like six months later, they reach out and they need some like comedy writers to contribute on the script. And so that's how all of this happened. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because people think that like, you know, you say like, it's all about who you know, but our brains for that always go to like nepotism and like, okay, but my dad isn't like, oh my gosh, I was going to say Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Bad example, everyone. He, for the record, was not Harvey Weinstein. But I think it's like, it can be really easy to just think that like, it's about who you know means that it has to be these like, these relationships that you buy or that you're born into or all these things. And this was literally just me saying yes to a party and showing up authentically and dancing my ass off and having so much fun. And that turned into me working on my first studio movie. Okay. 
So the solution to all of your networking woes are, I've got, I've broken this down. So the first thing is what I mentioned, you have to stop trying to get things from people. Okay. So you, first off, you have to stop trying to get them to validate you. You have to stop trying to get people to be like, oh, good job, sweetie. Like amazing work. That's not why you're networking. Okay. That's not what they're there for. They are not, people are not there to serve you. And the second thing is you need to stop trying to get them to give you work. They're not there just like a slot machine handing out jobs, okay? And because you think about like, like when, if you've ever been in a situation, we'll go back to like, if you've been in a store where someone's like, it's probably the end of the month and they need their commission. And you're just like, I really don't want these shoes, but like, you seem like you really need them. And then you feel weird, you feel desperate. Y'all, I've literally had, I like feel, <laughs> I take a lot of pride in my networking. One time I was at a networking event with a casting director and the casting director literally like, locked eyes with me at one point and I was like she wants to take the elevator down with me I don't know like I don't remember exactly the situation but it was like the end of the night and like all of these actors were just like swarming her being like but what about this can you look at this like can you do this basically just like I need you I need you I need you and I had been so fucking cool like cool as a cucumber the entire time that it was like she was looking at me as like a safety net to like get her out to the subway, right? And so we ended up, and and of course, and it was because when we first got there, she mentioned something about South Carolina, which is where I used to go for Christmas. And we talked about restaurants, like literally me not talking about anything. When you think about every other actor in that room was like, did you see that I got a callback for this like BuzzFeed commercial or whatever? And it just feels so graspy. And the amazing thing about this, and like, honestly, I'm like, wow, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this secret is that When you stop trying to get something from people, that's when you become magnetic. And so then the people want to be around you. And it like, it's like, you don't even really have to do that much. You just have to be a fucking normal person. And people are going to be so drawn to you because it's so starkly different from how most people are treating them. Like they need something, right? Okay. So the second thing is you need to stop trying to meet everyone. Okay. It's really fucking creepy and you don't actually make real connections. I feel like, okay, so I got, and part of this, my secret is that I got really good at networking when I was on the festival circuit because I went to so many events where it was like, I had my wing woman, but like, we didn't know anyone there. And so it was just like, like constantly meeting new people. And I, I have no patience for small talk y'all. Like it is not for me. And so I got into this, this mode where I realized I was like, again, my job is to make myself useful here. And the way that you do that is you entertain people, okay? And the but part of this also is that I got down to this place where I was like, instead of trying to meet every single person in the room and be like, yeah, you're from LA, I'm from New York, cool, we made a connection. No, don't do that. Literally go in with the idea of like, I'm going to meet three people. I'm only going to meet three people. That is my only like goal here. You do not need to meet everyone in the room. And also this place is not the place to get anything. And also as a sidebar, I was at this party recently and there was someone who I like walked by and there were like all of these writers circled around her. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I heard her say like, yeah, I'm a manager. And I was like, oh gosh, like ever she hates, this is hell probably for her. I mean, maybe she likes it. Maybe she just like loves people kissing her ass. But I was just like, this is not the moment. Like, like you don't need to go out and like anytime you're trying to get, again, if your inclination is like, I should go talk to that manager to get them to sign me, you're going to come across really fucking creepy. Okay. So my, my second thing is, you know, that idea on like, it was like, I feel like it's not as common anymore, but like whenever people were like on reality shows and they're like, yeah, I'm here to win. I'm not here to make friends. Okay. So that like, I love that phrase, like here to make friends. I want you to actually be there to make friends. 
like actually be there to, again, be useful. One of the things I love to do is, so being useful for me, that means entertaining. It also means helping other people be comfortable. And part of the way that I do that is by acting like I'm the host of the event. It, like when you can be someone's friend, when you can make friends with someone, meaning you help them feel comfortable, it's like not a great, like, like it can become people pleasing really quickly if you're doing this in like non-networking situations. But ultimately, like if you are just there to make friends, that's when you're going to make real connections, right? Like going back to like getting the job for writing a hating game. It's not because they read my work. It's because they saw me dancing and being funny and, you know, whatever. I mean, not that I don't know, maybe they had they did end up like seeing some of my work. Maybe I for like I don't really remember. But the ultimate the like the initial connection was like just me trying to like have fun and be friends. But the most important thing with all of this is that you have to work on your belief so that when you meet people, you're not being a complete weirdo, okay? So when you're in the place that you think that you need something, right? When you're in the place that you don't believe that you're whole and you don't believe that you're successful, it's impossible to not come across as creepy, right? You're going to come up come across as a creepy salesman, right? Or like I had one of my clients in, my, in the Abundant Artist Academy was talking about how, you know, she was working to get representation, by the way, I wish I'd done a tally. I should do a tally on how many of my clients got read for this last year, which myself included, but it just is so, I mean, I feel like just to any naysayers who were like, yeah, it's just hard during the post pandemic. I just want to shut that down because that is not true. But anyway, all this to say, I had a client who is, she ended up getting signed, like getting like legit representation and management, like all of the things, great relationships. They're like pushing her for amazing projects, getting amazing auditions. But before that, she had an agent that she had submitted to who immediately, like upon reading her email, called her and was like, I want to represent you. I'm going to send you out this week. And like they hadn't taken a meeting. They had just been like, like she was like, whoa, buddy, what? And she was so suddenly she was on the other end, whereas most artists are like, yeah, I'll just take whatever I can get. Right. Like especially when it's your first agent or when you're just if you've had a like bad situations in the past and you're just in this place of being like, I just need to get, do the best that I can get and like, just take it and and run. I want you to imagine if that was like your persona when you were dating. Like, I think most people would realize that if like, you don't just want a boyfriend or a partner, you, you want the right person. Right. And it's the same thing when you're networking and all of this is going to come back to whether or not you believe in what you have to offer. You believe that you can be useful. You believe that like your work is good. And you also like when you believe that and you believe that you are a peer with these people, that's when you just naturally do the things like go shake your ass on the dance floor or show up and like be prepared and do good work. Okay. So the process for for getting to this place is to build up your belief in what you're selling and build up your belief that your goals are already done, right? So that you can focus on the long-term solution instead of getting like really zooms in and like hyper-focused on like this one interaction being the thing that quote unquote fixes your career. Okay. So this is exactly what I help my clients with in the Abundant Artist Academy. We're coming back. So the way that you're showing up in networking situations, all of that, any action that you take is always fueled by the feelings that you're feeling. So when you're feeling desperate, that's when you come across needy and graspy and weird. And I want to offer that like your energy is like a body odor. Okay. Sometimes you can't smell it on yourself, but everyone else can smell it. 
Like, even if you, like, if there is a hint of graspiness and salesiness to you and you are trying to get something, and again, all of that's going to be coming from whether or not you believe that what, who you are is valuable and what you have is enough and that this is, that like your career is working. If you are not in that solid place, people will sniff that out. And even if you can't smell it on yourself, it will be repulsive to other people. So this is really something that like all of your actions are end up coming from the, the feelings that motivate them, right? When you're feeling confident, you're going to show up very differently. Even if you're taking the exact same actions, your vibe is going to be completely different when you're feeling confident versus when you're feeling desperate. You could go to the exact same party, talk to the exact same people, and your vibe is going to be completely different based on the way that you're feeling. And your feeling is always coming from your thoughts. Your thoughts, meaning your beliefs about yourself, your belief in your worthiness, like your confidence level, all of that. And those are the things that we work on in the Abundant Artists Academy. Working on your mindset is essentially working on the roots to the plants that you are creating, right? So what we're going to do as you fix this, as we work on your mindset and get your beliefs to the place that you are like rock solid and know that you have things to contribute, you know how to be useful to people, you are able to take action without being creepy and you make long-term relationships that actually will come back. And it might be like my connection with the casting director of Love Life, where it's like, that was a seven-year casting in the making, right? And I don't believe that that's the end. I'm sure we'll continue. Like, since then, she sent me so many amazing auditions, and I'm sure that this is just the beginning. But I want to offer you that you are going to have those long-term relationships that will actually come back and build a sustainable career. And it all starts with your mindset and with these little ways of showing up and changing the way that you were showing up. I also have the belief that it wouldn't have taken seven years if I had learned these things sooner. Okay. It really wasn't until like halfway through that I realized that I was actually pretty bad at networking and got better. And I must've been pretty good because again, she asked me to do other things and to come in and be a reader and things like that. But I do think that the more confident that you are and the more that you believe in what you are selling and what you have to offer, the easier and the faster all of these connections are going to happen for you. So again, if this is something you are ready to work on and go even deeper on, join me in the Abundant Artist Academy. These are the things that we work on every single week. We have our live weekly coaching calls once a week. There are also six modules to break down the steps and you can receive one-on-one coaching from me on the app at any time. So literally anytime, day or night, you can post on the, on the page and I will respond within a business day to give you feedback and help you change the way that your brain is working. So if this is something you're interested in, join us on the inside and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you're ready to take this work even deeper and up-level your life and career, follow the link in my show notes to coach with me in the Abundant Artist Academy, my group coaching program for creatives who are tired of being struggling artists and who are ready to start creating more in their lives, more happiness, more bookings, and more money. I'll see you on the inside.